Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Welcome to the podcast of the Kadesh Family Church, Newark Branch, a place where Jesus resides. Our main goal and purpose is to provide the solid foundation of Bible-based teachings for our day-to-day living. Preached to you by our residing pastor, Rev. Dr. Charles Osset. We hope you are blessed by the Word of God, and may your life never be the same. All right. So, we are talking about uh, the names of God. You remember? Do you remember? And I told you that there's a difference between a church and a school. And um, a church is a place where not only you don't learn, like today you have learned a lot of, a lot of medicine. You understand? But the church is not a place for medicine. It goes beyond medicine. The church is a place to hear, to see the power of God. Amen. Amen. And the reason why we are talking about the names of God is that by his name, we will know his power. Amen. Amen. Yes. By his name, we will know his power. Amen. Amen. Because people identify themselves by their names. Hmm. That is why some people call themselves uh, there was a guy who, calls him, who used to call himself one of these boxes. He used to call. Those, those of you who watch boxing, he had, a, he, had a, he, used to, he had a title that he used to carry around. You don't remember? Hmm? You don't? What did he say? I eat the powers. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> No, but you see, boxes, uh, like, like, what's his name? He used to call himself, Azuma Nelson used to call himself the professor. Zoom, zoom, right? These are all titles that people carry. What was this guy's title? Mayweather. He used to have a title. Many men. <laughs> Just to show that how great they are. Amen. But when it comes to God, we know him by his name. Hallelujah. Yeah. We know him by his name. And we all carry different titles. See, you might, you know, you know me in different occasions. Hallelujah. Some know me as a doctor. I'll be a doctor to you. Some know me as a pastor. I'll be a pastor to you. Some know me as a father. I'll be a father to you. Some know me as a friend. I'll be a friend to you. So it depends on how you know the person. That's how the person will be to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So God in different times revealed himself to the people of Israel in various capacity. Hallelujah. For them to recognize him. And we, the first one we learned is that the first time he introduced himself was in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1. He said, I am Elohim. Elohim. He introduces himself to us as Elohim. Hallelujah. In other words, he introduced himself to us as a creator. Hallelujah. So, 
it, 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 it means that if you, if you see him that way, as a creator, okay? Not, because not everybody sees God as a, as a creator. Some people don't even believe God created anything. You understand? So he said, I am Elohim. I'm a creator. So if you, re- if you relate with God as a creator, if you relate to him as a creator, then by that relationship or by that faith, you can believe him to create. Hallelujah. Amen. I say hallelujah. Is it what I'm preaching to us? I, it, it's, it's a faith series. You see, there are so many teachings in the Bible. Wisdom series. This is faith series. You must faith, believe God that he's a creator. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Not everybody believes God is a creator. And when you see a creator, when you see a creator, it means that he can bring into existence something that is not there. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And you must begin to believe God as God that God can bring into existence something that is not there. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you see him as Elohim, you will stop complaining about, oh, this thing does not exist. No, he doesn't have to exist. He can create. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I shared with you, we talked about how he even created a job for David by making Saul go crazy. That's what, that, that's, that is, otherwise, there's no way David would have had access to the palace. He was not of the lineage. He was not a royal family. He was not in line at all. So the only way he could get access to the palace is for God, God to cause a problem so that he can come there. Hallelujah. Amen. Then we learn about also that he's... You see, and, and Elohim means creator. He creates. And one other thing about creativity is... See, let me tell you something. So when, the Bible says God created that in his own image. So when you say God created that in his own image, it means that that image, that is, it's not that God is made as black or white or blue. God is not black. God is not white. God is a spirit. I say God is a spirit. I've heard some black men say, God is a black man. He's not a black man. <laughs> and I heard somebody say, he's white. He's not a white man. He's not a black man. He's not a white man. The Bible says God is a spirit. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. You know, sometimes you, sometimes you can get carried with your own eccentricity. I, don't, I hope it's a word. Eccentricity and your own um, huh? idiosyncrasies. Right? It's a word. Where, whereby, you know, like Christmas is coming. You say that, well, we are black. So we're going to put black baby Jesus. It's, it's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that thing before. We're going to put black baby Jesus. We're not going to put no white baby Jesus. It's nonsense. You are too. You are carried too much away into your own. If you want a manly figure or a human figure to portray Jesus, then the Bible says he was born a Jew. So look at the Jewish man. That's how he looked like. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Just accept it. Hallelujah. As to why God made him come like a Jew, I don't know. God decided to choose a Jew. When God wanted to come to earth, he decided to come as a Jewish person. That's all. I don't know why. Hallelujah. So, I'm not going to argue it. I mean, black Jesus. Jesus was not black. He was not black. Neither was he Anglo-Saxon. He was a Jew. And he, was, he, was, he wasn't an extraordinary Jew. 
Because the Bible says he had, he had a formula. He said, he said he had no comeliness. There was nothing attractive. He was so ordinary that when Judas wanted to betray him, he said, he told the soldiers, look, the one that I will kiss. In other words, it, it means that he could not describe him to the soldiers. That, oh, you see the 12 one, the tall one. No, no, say no. Because it, like, he probably looked like John. He probably looked like Peter. He probably looked like Andrew. You couldn't tell. So, so the one that I will kiss. That's how ordinary it is. So this Christmas, get away from the black Jesus. The <laughs> Why did you even get into this? <laughs> Elohim. I'm talking about Elohim. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, he's a spirit. So, when the Bible says God created it in his own image, it means that he, 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 the spirit that he had is what he created. So, so, it's what he gave us. Amen. And that's the, the, the type of creativity. Elohim. Hallelujah. So when the, when the Bible says you are created in the image of God, it means that there's some creativity in you. That's what I mean. Hallelujah. Amen. And therefore, if you refuse to use your creativity, you are, you are not using the God part in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's what it means. Elohim. Hallelujah. Then we, that was two weeks ago. Then last week we learned about his other name, El Shaddai. Hallelujah. El Shaddai, right? Which means the Almighty, see? The mighty God. El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Yeah, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. It means the one who pushes and no one pushes back. God is powerful. He pushes and nobody pushes back. It also means the mighty breasted one. Multi nippled. That's what it means. Shaddai means breast. Shaddai means breast. Shaddai. So the mighty breasted one. Yeah. So Listen, some sisters have Shaddai, but they don't have El Shaddai. You may have Shaddai, but you are not what? I say, so you may, you, may, you may have a Shaddai, but you are not what? So brothers, don't be deceived by the Shaddai. <laughs> he's El Shaddai. El Shaddai means he's multi-nippled. Amen. Which means that he can feed as many people at the same time. Yes. Hallelujah. Many babies. And I explained to you that God came to Abraham as El Shaddai. Because you see, Abraham was a farmer. Abraham had cattle. His profession was a farmer. They, all, they used to rear cattle. And Abraham knew. Okay? You see, God, God was trying to teach Abraham. And you have to use, when you are teaching people, you have to use things that they understand. And Abraham, Abraham know from the cattle ranching that when a calf, that's a baby cow, right? That's a baby calf, cow. A calf, right? because some of you are looking confused. You want to say a cowlet. It's not a cowlet. It's a cow. 
Abraham knew that when the calf, okay, when the cow gave it to the little calf, the only thing that baby, the little calf need to survive is the milk. Nothing more. The, exactly. The cow does not need to eat grass. The only thing they need to survive is the milk. You understand? So once, once the cow has milk, the child will be okay. And all that the little cow needs is the mother's milk. So God was trying to explain to Abraham that begin to see me as the El Shaddai, the multi-breasted one. And that all that you need is my milk. So if you can, all that you need is me, I can provide everything to you. Just as the mother cow can provide everything to the baby cow. Hallelujah. Because you see, sometimes because you see, Abraham had Abraham, Abraham has moved up and down before. Sometimes our sojourning and our movement makes us begin to look at other sources. So God told Abraham, look, relax. Just relax. I am all that you need. He was telling Abraham, anything you need in life, I am, I, I am it. You need health, I am it. Because when you take the baby, when you take a baby, the breast milk contains everything the baby needs. Everything. In the breast milk, there's, there's, there's sugar, there's water, there's milk, there's vitamins, there's iron, there's antibodies. The breast milk is comprehensive. So, so, so whereas you and I need to eat a balanced diet, a, a bit of carbohydrate, a bit of protein, a bit of uh, what? F- fiber. They will tell you all that. The breast, the, all that the baby needs is breast milk. In the breast milk, everything is in there. Are you hearing me? Yeah. That's what they need. That's what the baby needs. Breast milk. So God was trying to show Abraham that, look, I am all that you need. Amen. I am the El Shaddai. Anything you need in life, I can provide. Amen. So begin to, from today, because see, Abraham had done some skirmishes. Don't forget. Abraham, Abraham had done some skirmishes. God met Abraham in chapter, chapter 12. Okay? He met Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. After that, he promised Abraham. Abraham did one or two moves. He went to, he went to Egypt. He tried to so they would fight with so many deals. Because look, Abraham, come back. Sit down. Walk before me upright. He said, I am the God Almighty. Walk before me upright. I will show you that I am the El Shaddai. May you see him as the El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Yeah. He's the El Shaddai. He can provide everything for you. You see, and don't think that God is against your happiness. I find find the rest of the people think, oh, if I become too spiritual, I will not be happy. Who says who? Where did you get that deception from? There is joy in Christ. There's happiness in Christ. I said there's joy in Christ. There's happiness in Christ. So don't think that you get happy in the world. No. time I see some young people and I laugh at them. Real happiness is in Christ. It's not in the world. He's the El Shaddai. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't, don't be deceived at all. There's something great out there. There's nothing great out there. The only thing out there is HIV and gonorrhea. 
That's what's out there. Hallelujah. We continue. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Hallelujah. From verse 1. And it came to pass. 22.1. And it came to pass after this things that God did tempt Abraham. Remember last week I told you that he met Abraham in Gen- uh, chapter 12. It was only at 17 that he showed him that I'm the El Shaddai. So now Abraham knows God a, a bit more. Do you understand? Do you understand me? Yeah. That he knows God a bit more? You look very quiet. Do you understand he knows God a bit more? Yeah. So now over here, in 22, it came to pass that after that, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto Abraham, and he said, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest. He said, no. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you thereof. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. But we say God showed Abraham. He said, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, now take your son, thy only son. Listen to me. Take your son, thy only son. Then he mentioned the name Isaac. Because otherwise Abraham will take Ishmael. <laughs> because not, no. Otherwise, Abraham will, will have easily disposed of Ishmael. <laughs> so he has to mention Isaac. Just in case when I say your only son, you are thinking of Ishmael. Say, take that son, that only son, Isaac. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. You see, the first thing I want you to know is that. If God is going to bless you, he will demand something from you. Yeah. Wait. Why, Lord? If God is going to bless you, he will demand something from you. Hallelujah. And he will demand something specific, not something that you discard of. Because you can dispose of Ishmael. Ishmael is already a problem in the house. That will not be a problem at all. I mean, Ishmael was only a problem. So to get rid of Ishmael will have been an answered prayer. But God said, I'm not talking about Ishmael. I am sick. If you are believe, if, if you, you see, for God to bless you, and let me show you. You see, you see this, you see, what is this little girl? Bring me, uh, one of this small girl, listen. I mean, and you see, look at my hand. This girl in my hand, okay. Can I have this? She has you holding on to can I have this? She don't want to agree with me. She's thinking about it. Can I have it? Can I have it? Please. 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 Can I have it? You're thinking about it. Isaac, you're thinking about it. Can I have this, Isaac? 
You're thinking about it. I mean, it's very painful. She loves it reluctantly, but she gives it to me. When I she looking? You know? But I'll show you something. This, this is the revelation. Look at the size of my hand. And the size of her hand. If I am asking her to give everything that is in her hand to me, and I will give back everything that's in my hand to her, you can see that she can only give me very little. But what I can give her is more. Because my hand is bigger than her hand. Thank you. My hand is far bigger than her hand. So when God is asking you to give something, it is that something small in your hand. Because his hand, God said, let's do an exchange. Bring what is in your hand, and I will give you what is in my hand. So when God is asking you to sacrifice, he's only asking for something small in your hand. So that you can receive what is mighty in her hand. Yeah. But sometimes we are so... Uh, uh, ignorant, you don't know. We hold on to that small thing. Look, his hand is much bigger than your hand. He's all that he's saying that look, Abraham, give me what is in your hand, so I can also give you what is in my hand. Hallelujah. Yeah. Else I die. He said, first Isaac. And then two, he said, uh, and take now another sign, and get thee to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, upon one of the mountains, which I will show you. Yes. Yes. I am showing you where to go. In other words, yes, God wants you to sacrifice, but God was specific. Not everywhere. If you go about Mount Moriah, you know that it's a chain of mountain. If you go to Jerusalem, you should say, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. I say, I should be there. Yeah. Because I've been there before. If you go to Israel, they'll show you the mountains. It's a chain of mountains. And Mount Moriah is a specific place where God directed Abraham. Let me tell you something. The blessing is specific. There is a specific place. Stop sacrificing everywhere. Stop throwing your sacrifices everywhere. God told Abraham here. I want you to sacrifice Isaac. But it must be at a particular spot. Because it's not every place that your sacrifice will, be, will bring a blessing. Preaching to you. So stop, this, stop wasting your sacrifice. He said here, Mount Moriah, your blessing is specific. I am taking you to a, a place, a, a specific place. Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? Yeah. Specific. Specific. It's not every place. He said, go to this mountain, at this exact spot. Where I will show you it is specific. The woman you are supposed to marry is specific. The job is specific. 
that is in a skirt is the is are you supposed to marry? Are you hearing me? It's not every job you should take. God said, I will show you. It's not every place you should stay. God said, I will show you. Some of us don't pray about these things. We just do minimum, minimum, we'll catch a donkey by the tail. See, see, see. No, you stop. You don't choose. <laughs> no. Are you hearing me? Brother, if you are serious and you are spiritual, it's not every woman you are supposed to marry. Yeah. Specific. He said, I am taking you here. This is where. There is a specific place of blessing. I'm telling you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. I pray that you not miss your direction. Amen. I said I pray that you not miss your direction. Amen. May you find your specific location. Amen. Yeah. I pray my prayer to you. Go to Abraham. Look, I am bringing you exactly here. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you here with me? So, Abraham packed Isaac straight to that place. I mean, I, I don't even know how, how the whole thing happened. Because I can imagine that early in the morning, Abraham told Isaac, we are going somewhere. And I don't think he told Sarah. I don't think Abraham told Sarah. I don't think so. I don't think so. That he told Sarah? I don't think so. A mother? A child that it has taken me 99 years to have. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, we, we can make some deductions from the Bible. Why do I say, why, 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 why do we say we don't think so? Because you see, I am sure, I am sure that when Isaac came back with his father after God did it, the mother asked him, where did you go? <laughs> and I'm sure Isaac said, oh, I went to daddy, daddy to, for daddy to go and sacrifice me. But somehow God delivered me. I am sure that Sarah said, Hey, Kofi Abraham. <laughs> Is that how you are? You mean you took my son? My only son? Abraham! My only son? That's what you did? This child will be causing us trouble. Because you like the maid servant. You like, you, you like, you see, even though I'm married to you, you are more interested in this maid. That's why you are saving her son. Hey, we kicked my Abraham. <laughs> I am sure. So, she probably just, because. Really, from that time, we never heard of Sarah again. 
Because I'm sure Abraham said that today God told you to kill your son. What about tomorrow if God tells you to kill me? <laughs> I, may not, I, may, I may never know what other sacrifice will be demanded in this house. One day we will be sitting here and say that God said that I should kill you. I'm sure from that day that's why he packed it and said, Sarah said, I'm going to my mother's house. I'm done. This marriage, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Because you're never really here. But you know, God said, said to a mountain. Where I will show I will show you. Amen. Amen. May God lead you to the right place. Amen. I say, may God lead us to the right place. Amen. Hallelujah. You know. Then verse 5, continue. So when they got there, maybe verse, where are we? Verse 4, let's go to verse 4. Then on the third day, this is how long you want. Journey three days. You want God to bless you? Be prepared for the work. I say you want to receive blessing from God. You want God to bless you like Abraham? Get ready for the journey. We want God to bless us, but we don't want to even journey half a day. You cannot even stay in church for Sundays. I mean, weekend prayers, you are absent. Visitation, you are absent. And you say, right no, God is not going to bless you. It's the 3J journey. I'm preaching to you. Those of us who think that, oh, we can drive through and get a blessing. No, it's a three-day journey. When you see any boy, any person, anybody that God has blessed, don't be jealous of their blessing. Sit down with them and see their journey. Let them give you their journey. And you, have, you, and you realize that it wasn't an overnight walk. It's not a walk through the park. Yeah. If they tell you the fastings, the prayers, the temptation, the sacrifice, you will know that it was not a walk through the park. The Bible said that they that do business in deep waters, it is they who see the wonders of God. You can't even stay and pray all night. First thing you are absent, then you want a breakthrough? When was the last time you fasted on your own? Even when the church declares a fast, you split it into two. <laughs> We say we are fasting from six to six. Then you, you divide into two. Ah! <laughs> yeah. And you want God to bless you? No. It was a three day journey. And then verse five. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the Lord will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Hmm. Let's look at this verse carefully. Number one, he said, Abide, he, he said unto the young man. Abiding here with the ass so that me and the Lord can go yonder. Let me tell you something. One is a three-day journey and it comes to a point in your worship with God. You can't go with everybody. So people you have to leave them at the bottom of the mountain. My God, my God. My God. You are preaching. 
Some, it's not everybody. It's not everybody you can carry along. There comes a point you have to leave some people behind because where you are going, there will be a hindrance. There will be a mistake. They can hold you down. You simply have to leave them because they are not meant to see the glory. They are born to stay with asses. Let them stay with us. Their destiny is with asses. So let them stay with asses. mistake trying to lift everybody up they can't come to where you are going they don't have your destiny they don't have your future they don't have your faith they can't get there you just have to tell them i'm sorry where i am going i have to leave you behind you have to leave some boy behind because that boy that boy can only stay with an ass let him stay with the ass that boy like ass so let him stay with an ass So let him stay with an ass. <laughs> abide here. Abide here. Some boys, if you are serious, sister, you want to go with the Lord, you want to become a good Christian, you want to see glory. It's not he that you don't have to go with that boy because all that that boy like is an ass. Let him stay with the ass. That's all. That's all. That's all he likes. His whole destiny ends with an ass. So live well so he can go yonder and worship your God and see the glory. <laughs> Abide here with the ass. What about the asses? You, you, you are <laughs> yes. Yeah. Abide here. Listen, listen to me. I'm serious. Look. When it comes to serving God there, it comes a point you must know that it's between you and your God. The person may be your friend, may be your colleague, may be your classmate, may be your spouse, but they don't have the same love for God like you have. And it comes to a point you must leave them behind. One of the mistakes I made and I regret was when, when I was in Manhattan. You see, I, I, I tried to push everybody the way I love God. And I found that not everybody loves God the way I love God. I found out. Now I know that not everybody loves God the way I love God. I know it. Now that I know. What I am willing to do for God, not everybody is willing to do. So I've come to that conclusion. Rosa, I've come to that conclusion. Because it only led to frustration and anger and people even got angry with me. And so now I know that not everybody so nowadays, I go with the young men who are willing to go over the mountain. If I see that you like us, I will leave you with the ass. <laughs> Just in case you were thinking about the other ass. That's why she gave <laughs> That's why he gave you the picture. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
investigate. Thank you very much for helping my peace because I don't know the, so, the type of ass some people were thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. So, no, I don't anymore. I don't anymore. It, it, it may be frustrated. It may people get angry with me. Look, I don't want to be angry with you. I don't want to quarrel with you. If you give one finger, just one finger and stay there. Because I try to push people, motivate people. Let's work for God. Let's do this God thing. But I find that not everybody is that interested. Not everybody wants to worship God. Not everyone wants to serve God. I found out. I found out. But I was, because I was so zealous, I want to bring everybody up. And I've come to see that not everybody is interested. And, and, and I only leads to my frustration. People get angry at me. I get irritated. So now I stop. I say, look, the sons will go up. The rest? And I'm telling you, in your ministry, in your work with God, it comes a point you have to drop some people off. That boyfriend, you need to drop that boyfriend off. You are looking at me. Drop that boyfriend. <laughs> drop that boyfriend off. And drop that girlfriend off. And move on. And move on. Sometimes, sometimes you even have to change a certain job to move up. You want to go high? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Look, some people are just baggage. Some people are overhead. You carry too much overhead. They are just a hindrance. The Bible said that let us lay away, let us lay aside the sin and the weight, which, which, which easily besets us, that we may run. When you want to run, some, some weight needs to be dropped off. Some of you look, I'm telling you, that relationship, you are not married to the person yet, just drop it off. Because it's a weight. Some people, you need to get them off your boat. Yeah. Some, some people are just Jonah in the boat. You have to cast them overboard. Otherwise, once you're in the boat, the boat will keep on rocking. Their presence brings turbulence and singing. The only way you can have stability to move on to your destiny is to offload them of your cargo. Take that. Some people are cargo. Just throw them overboard. I don't need you anymore. Don't call me anymore. Don't answer anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Just get them off. Don't answer one. Don't answer two. Don't answer three. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then the, the Bible says, the Bible says that. And, and we'll go yonder. We'll, say, we'll go yonder and worship. And come again to you. Wow. Now, now. Now, listen to me carefully. See, I said this is a faith series. God told Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac. When Abraham left his house, the intention was to go and kill Isaac. The whole thing was go and cut up that boy's head and burn him. Well, 
me. For me. So, why did Abraham say, we will come again to you? <laughs> the whole journey was to go and kill this boy. Was Abraham lying? Why did Abraham say, we will come again to you? You know what I'm trying to tell you, Lydia? Abraham believed God so much that, look, God gave me this child, and God told me that, he, God told me, okay, God told me, Abraham, that your seed, okay, shall be as multitude of the stars, and through you shall many nations, be, through this child, shall many people be blessed. So, that's what God told me, and I believe that. So, if this God is even going to kill this child, somehow I know this thing will come back again. Yeah. He had that much faith in God. That even if I'm going to cut off Isaac's head, this promise of the seed will come through this child. It will come. I don't know how. In other words, he believed God. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed that God said that Isaac will become through you. Shall the nations of the earth be blessed? You can become like stars. He believed it fully to the point that even if I have to cut off Isaac's head, this promise will come to pass. Whether God will resurrect him, whether God will, I don't know. But I will come back again to you. It comes to the point, you have to believe God. You have to say that God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I will come again. How? I don't know. Yeah. Look, do not allow your present circumstances or your difficulties cause your faith to wander. What he told you yesterday, he still stands by it. What he told you a year ago, he still stands by it. The winds may blow, the storms may shake, but he said it and he will do it. Hallelujah. Continue. Next verse. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon his son, uh, upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. So here, Isaac is carrying the wood. Abraham has the knife for the cutting and the lighter for lighting the the wood. And they went both of them together. You see, let me tell you something. Okay, continue. Next verse. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father. You see, Abraham was around 100. Isaac must have been around 15, 16 at that time. And Abraham spoke unto, and, and, and Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, my father, and he said, here am I, my son. And he said, this is the fire? You told me we are going to sacrifice? I, I, Isaac was not damp. I said, Isaac was not damp. You, when, we, when we left home, we said we are going to do a sacrifice. And that as we are going, I am carrying the wood. And you have the knife. And, and there is a fire and wood. So dead. Where is the left? <laughs> 
And he said, my, my son, behold the fire and, and, and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? <laughs> and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went to it. God will provide himself. Abraham believed God. God will provide what? Himself. And this is a message for somebody. Let me tell you something. God can take care of himself. So don't think that when you are doing something in the church, you are helping God. You ain't helping no God. God can take care of himself. Amen. So don't think that uh, by your paying uh, again, uh, if I don't pay tithe, the church will collapse. You are joking. God can take care of himself. He doesn't need your tithe. The tithe is for you to be blessed. But as for God, he can take care of himself. Hallelujah. God will take care of himself. God can take care of his God can take care of his needs. So it is only a privilege for you to be a partaker of it. When I say go and visit somebody, it's a privilege. We can do it by ourselves. It's an opportunity for you to get your hand in the pot pie so that God can bless you. Look. You know, God could take care of himself. You know, it's like, you see, it's like some husbands. Some husbands know how to cook. Oh, right. They know how to cook. I said they know how to cook. So if you are come to block them with the cooking, they can cook for themselves. <laughs> I'm preaching. You see, if you are married to a husband who knows how to cook, you cannot threaten him with food. I say, if the guy can cook, you cannot threaten him with food. As you are taking, he's cutting the onion himself. You will see that the man can take care of himself. It is only when you find the type like some of us who cannot cook, that you can threaten us with food, but some can cook. My wife does not threaten me with food, by the way. She was, she's a Christian because that area I'm not good at all. <laughs> yeah. No, some, some guys can cook. Some guys are really, really good cooks. I mean, you are so much of a cook that when you marry them, it can be a problem. <laughs> because I know a brother. A brother who can bake. If you see a man who can bake. <laughs> can bake cake and everything. Cake, you know, he can cook out to the point that he can bake. <laughs> no, it, it, it was a brother. And, I, and they were having problems with their marriage. So I spoke to the wife. He said, Reverend, because I spoke, I spoke to the rice friend, I was talking about it. I spoke to the guy. Say, hey, my wife, the food that he cooks, I don't like it. I said, look, brother, I'm just trying to tell you that amongst men, amongst men, like amongst men, you are extraordinary in the area of cooking. 
So, so if you are going to judge your wife by cooking, I say, I say like the food that your wife cooks, it is standard for most men like us. But because you know how to cook. That is why there was trouble. Always trouble. The wife is cooking. She will be squeezing his face. The onions. So, so at the point, the wife has literally lost confidence. And the wife was not a bad cook. Only the guy was a good, good cook. Yeah, that was the problem. Is. So I told him, look, careful. You can take care of yourself. That's your problem. Yeah. Then I called the wife on the side. You used to try small. <laughs> you do try small. Yeah, just up your game because you know this guy that you are married to. He, look, he can bake. He can make desserts. Can, hey, a man. Wow. When you see him, he's not that he wears an apron. If a man makes him fly, a man makes him fly. Hey. Those are, those are higher levels, though. <laughs> Yeah. He said God will provide for himself because God can take care of himself. Amen. It is where, this is where we get the word Jehovah Jireh, the God who will provide for himself. Hallelujah. He said God can provide for himself. That's what he told him. Hallelujah. And, and you know, <clears throat> then so he carried Isaac. They get there. He ties up Isaac. You know, uh, uh, let, let me show you something. Because the Bible says he actually bound him up. He tied him up. You know, Abraham was 100, close 100. Or above 100. Isaac was a teenager. Isaac was like maybe like 13, 14. Don't you think Isaac could have run away? <laughs> I mean, if Isaac was blessed, he would have... <laughs> Could have run away. I mean, a hundred year old man, can't you, can't you run faster than a hundred old man? Huh? You just hit him and just run away. See, I am talking about, I'm talking about the blessing of the compliant child. Isaac, even though Isaac could have run away. He saw Abraham as his father. And when you see somebody as a father, you must be compliant to the person no matter what. Yeah. Look. It's a common jargon now. It's a common jargon in charismatic circles. It's a common statement or a common jargon in charismatic circles. Now, every pastor, when they tell me, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. Every, everybody's calling their pastor daddy. What do you see now? Papa. Daddy. Listen to me. I don't go by those things. At all. <laughs> Everybody, oh, daddy, oh, papa. Listen to me. Do you know when somebody becomes a father? Are you compliant? Can a person direct you? Can a person instruct you? When I tell you to stop, will you stop? When I tell you go, will you go? When I tell you don't leave this way, will you leave? If you cannot do that, why are you calling me daddy or papa? You must not call me a BMW. Hey. <laughs> I'm preaching. You are preaching. Daddy, Papa, Mommy, hey, it's nothing. 
When I say to my children, when I say to my children, go to this school, they have to. But I cannot tell you to go to this school because you're not my child. Hallelujah. So when you are not submitted to the person and his authority, why are you calling him daddy? Look. We all say that. We all, we all, we all Paul said, Timothy, my son. Timothy, my son. So people have, it has become a jargon though. When you're in the ministry, the person who brings you up to ministry is your father. So they call him Papa. Because Paul called Timothy his son. No, it's beyond that. It's beyond that. Go and read Acts. Paul circumcised Timothy. Before Timothy became a son, Paul, when Timothy became a Christian, he was a Greek, he was not circumcised. For him, for him to follow Paul, Paul said, that, Look, bring your people, let me cut it. Hey. Hey. And Timothy was a grown man. Circumcision is better at a style, but as a grown man. So, they had to say, Bring your people, let me circumcise you. In Acts, he circumcised him. I am talking about what makes somebody a son. Can your pastor circumcise you? Let's look at it. Maybe they think I'm, Acts chapter 16, verse 1 to 3. Acts, Acts, no, they think I'm telling a story. Acts chapter 16, verse 1 to 3. Yeah. Then came he to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was Greek. Which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Verse 3. Him will Paul have to go forth with him and took him and circumcised him because of the Jews. Circumcise him. So when we see Paul calling Timothy my son, it's not only because Timothy is following his instructions, but he took, Timothy, he took Timothy through a transition in his life. Can your pastor circumcise you? Can your pastor advise you? Can we say don't do this? Can we say don't do this? Can we say go here, leave here, change this job, and you will obey? If you will obey, why are you calling the person daddy? Can I tell you difficulties and you obey? Came to me, insulting me. Hey. It's all about me. They come to church and they preach about people. Circumcising. 
You see, what I'm trying to say is that don't stop those jargons. You see, it's a, it's a jargon. Oh, dad, every pastor is every pastor is not daddy. Every uh, first lady, mommy. Hey, mommy, daddy. You know, do you know what it means to be mommy and daddy? You, your child, don't you tell your child to bath? Don't you your child to come and eat? Don't you tell your child to sit down? So why are you calling somebody daddy when the person cannot tell you to sit down? And by the way, it is your own benefit to see the person as a father and behave like a son. Because blessings pass from fathers to sons. It may be preached to you, you will never be blessed, but when the person becomes a father, you receive a blessing. Amen. That's by the way. Bija, you understand me? So when I say you are my son, it means I have instructions. I swear to tell you, Bija, I don't want you to go to this school. I, don't, I want you to go to this school. I should want to tell that BJ, I don't like this, your friend. You must leave this friend. BJ, I don't like where you are working. You must change. BJ, I don't like your shit. You understand know what I'm saying? That total package, so that you'll be blessed. Yes. Then you'll be blessed. Do you understand? Yes. And same to you. Same to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I call you sons. That's what, I'm, that's what I want from you. Amen. It means I must be able to instruct you. From beginning to end. This girl that you are working with, I don't like her. You say yes. Because there's more in me to bless you. But you must align yourself as a son. Be ready to receive hard instructions. I'm able to tell you, look, I don't like your grade. From today, I'm seizing all your games. And the same goes to all of you. No, only to the children. If you want to receive the blessing, Hallelujah. Hmm. So, the progression of the worship. He starts. He leaves. See, this is the progression of the worship. He leaves Sarah at home. Comes to the servant. Leave the servants at the mountain top. Continue with Isaac to the mountain top. Hallelujah. Amen. Progression. You always have to leave some people behind and progress. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, interesting. It's getting more interesting. So, now go back to our story. Genesis 22. Okay. Go. We, we, are, we are. Okay. Come again to you. He took the wood and they went together. Good. Eight. Okay. The Lord will provide. Okay. Verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Tie it up! Tie it up! Can you understand? Like you come, you, you, you are Isaac today. Come, I'm going to tie you up. 
I need a knife. Tie it up here. What should we tie him up here, right? Tie it, lie down, tie it up. Bound. Lie down. I need a sharp knife. What's the communion knife? <laughs> okay. Is that a knife? <laughs> Tie it up. And lay it upon the altar, upon the wood. Verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. That's close. Where's the knife? Oh, there's a knife here. Thank you. In your bag. Hey! Brother, you do Yeah. Not where knife is here. angel. George, come here, the angel. He took the knife to slay his son. Okay, like this. Next verse. And the angel of the... So as Abraham lifted his hand like this. Abraham! Abraham! And, and the angel of the Lord cried out to heaven and said to him, Abraham! See, my, my hand is up like this. Oh. That's how close. Abraham! Abraham! And he said, here am I. No, I need two. I I need two two big boys. Fred, come. Fred and uh, uh, listen. Bless, come. And let's carry. Let's who's the who's the lamb? <laughs> and this is the lamb. No, you, 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 you push start from this corner. We'll come to this. You see, you stand there. Just, just carry the lamb. <laughs> uh-huh, stand there. Wait, wait, no, no, not yet, not yet. You, you put him down. We'll carry <laughs> Are you hearing me? Are you watching that drama? I said, are you watching that drama? I said, are you watching that drama? Yes. Listen, listen. We're going to watch the drama again. This is as it come. Tie it up. Carry, carry, carry. Come, come. G- give me the firewood. Give me the. Buy him. Bind him. Bind him. No, no. We, we are coming. We, are, we have not bound him yet. But he has the firewood. Carry the firewood. Give me firewood to carry. You see? Listen. I'm t- Okay. This is it. So we are coming up. This is a mountain top. We are coming. And the mountain and on a mountain, you can only see one side. You can't see the other side. Are you hearing me? So we are coming with Isaac. 
Okay. We are coming with Isaac. But what we don't know, what we don't know, that as it is difficult and as it's climbing, as we are going through the sacrifice and we are mourning on the other side of the mountain, which we cannot see, a lamb, because see, the Bible says a ram, not a hind goat, because a ram is different from a hind goat. A ram is very big, it cannot climb by itself. A hind goat can climb. It was a ram. It means that as we are coming from here, carry the lamb. Slowly, we are, this, is, this is where we are coming. No, go back. <laughs> you see, no, go, let's start again. Fred, Fred, start again. <laughs> Fred, start again. <laughs> Listen to me. Watch. No, I'm serious. As we are coming, as we are believe God, as it is difficult, as we are climbing a mountain and raining, what we don't know that on the blind side, on the side that we don't see, God is also preparing a blessing. As you are coming and you are complaining, my job, this is difficult. Lord, this is true. What you can see, what you can see, what you are not aware is that a lamp is also coming from the other side, on the blind side, where you cannot see. God is working. God is working. God is working. So we come, we put Isaac down, about to stop, and we don't have to go far. Right behind here, there's a lamp. Who, which all along, when we started our journey up the mountain, God was also preparing the journey. So yes, you cannot see. Put it, should we kill the lamp? Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands together for Yes. Listen to me. Listen to me. What you don't know, as you are going through the pain and the sacrifice, the blessing is also on the way, just on the other side. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the blessing. See, some, see I, I, want, I want you to have faith in God. Because little did Abraham know that as he was climbing the mountain, because see, it was a ram which was brought, God had also started the miracle on the other side. As you are going through your pain and your difficulty, the miracle has already begun on the other side. And you know, he said, look behind you. Abraham did not look far. He just has to turn behind. And there was a blessing. How many times your blessing is close to you, but you can't see? Are you hearing me? That a lot of us are looking for a blessing from afar off. But the blessing is right by you. Sometimes I, I marvel at Christian brothers. They are looking very far. Look, why there's a juicy lamb right by you. <laughs> they are juicy lamb sisters sitting next to you here and there. You just have to turn around and they are right there. Why you are looking Word of God, 
they are holy, the preaching of the pastor, they are seizing, they are being in the choir, the praise and worship, prayer, these are juicy lambs, and the brothers are looking far, who are right, there's a juicy lamb, right by you. Tell the brother, please look close. I said, tell the brother, please look nearby, nearby, nearby. Are you hearing me? Yes. Yeah, juicy lambs. Why do I say juicy? They have been preached to. They have been to camps. They have been to meetings. They are singing. They are praying. They are serving. I mean, what else do you want in their life? They fear God. They are beautiful. Juicy rams. <laughs> and here you are. You are lifting your eyes, looking beyond. Look behind you, right by your side. Right by your side. There is a ram prepared for you. <laughs> I said, tell, tell the single brother about you, brother. Juicy lamps are around. <laughs> look, look, listen. You see, if you if if you don't mind, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, can all the single sisters stand up? <laughs> if you don't mind, if you are not married, all the single sisters, all just stand up. All the all the women who are not married, please stand up. Hey, please stand. You may never know. Please stand up. All the single women who are not married, please stand up. No, you sit down. You sit down. I'm serious. All the ladies, please stand up. All the, all the ladies who are not married, please stand up. I mean, if you are talking about juicy lambs, if you look at juicy lambs, I mean, if you are talking about juicy lambs, I mean, where are you looking for? What is wrong? Brothers, shut your eyes. These are lambs that are prepared. <laughs> There is no gathering where you can see such beautiful, luxurious, spiritual, and juicy. Not in any gathering. And here they are, and you can't see. Put your hand together for my beautiful daughters. <laughs> I said, put your hand together for my beautiful daughters. Brown is inside, black is inside, light is inside. Those with Shaddai and those without Shaddai. <laughs> you know, you know, it's amazing how we cannot see the blessing nearby. We are always looking for the blessing far off. He's looking for <laughs> No, seriously. Seriously. You see, let me conclude. Even, even, even for, for Africans, for, for Guineans, sometimes this is the problem that we have. We cannot see the blessing in us. It's amazing that from those of you who come from Ghana, you can't see the blessing in Ghana, but the Lebanese and the foreigners can see the blessing there. 
Even a Chinese can see. They come and they discover the treasure in the land and you are running away. Are you hearing me? Because we can't see. I said we can't see. We can't see the blessing nearby. We are looking far. Meanwhile, people come from, they come and see the blessing. One time was Christmas time. Around Christmas time, I was going to Ghana. And I sat on a plane with this Belgium, some fat Belgian guy. Mm. <laughs> as soon as we sat on the plane, you know how you chat to somebody? He was sitting next to me. You're going to Ghana? I said, I'm going to Ghana. So really, you come from Western Ghana, but where, where do you live? I said, I live in the U.S. So I said, why are you going? So I'm going to Ghana. I said, why? I'm going for Christmas in Ghana. I love Ghana. And I said, why? So Ghana, I love Ghana. Christmas, we get a pig. We roast the pig. We get a beer. <laughs> We say, I love Ghana. I love Christmas in Ghana. We go, we buy a pig, we roast, we get a beer. Oh, and the Ghana girls, I just love Ghana. <laughs> Some fat Belgian. <laughs> That's why he's fat. So, 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 so I said, so, so, what do you mean, say, look, me? So long as I'm alive, every Christmas I'm going to be in Ghana. <laughs> It's amazing people go to Ghana a lot for Christmas. Because you are talking about chilling and relaxing. It's not the snow. <laughs> yeah. And I was telling him, I said, I was looking at him. I was, I was angry with him. But he said, oh, I love Ghana. I just love Ghana. They asked me, are you moving back to Ghana? <laughs> I said, look, just continue. <laughs> yeah. The blessing is nearby. The blessing is nearby. The job you are looking for is nearby. The person you are looking for is nearby. I pray that by this after God will open your eyes. May you see the blessing nearby. May you see the ram nearby. May the blessing you are looking for, may you see it nearby. Because it's not far. His name is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord he will provide. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you. Thank you Holy Spirit. Jehovah Jireh. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You are here, you are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? He is our provider. He's our provider. He is our provider. Our savior. Before we end this service today, if you are not born again, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, please lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. There is room Salvation is calling. At the cross Salvation for is calling. You. Salvation is calling. There is room. Don't leave this place. Have a call. Have Jesus Christ. For you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. There is still room for one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There is room at the cross. Father, we thank you for salvation. I pray that people in this church will not die and go to hell. And Father, may we also invite people, our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues. May we not keep our salvation to ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed. Feel free to join any of our services. Contact us at qfcannouncements at gmail.com. That's qfcannouncements at gmail.com.